It's Good Friday, and uh, Good Friday is a unique day. We, as, as Jonathan already mentioned, we want to slow down on a Good Friday evening. Um, we get so caught up with moving towards Easter that at times we forget the days that led up um, to what Easter means. And uh, slow down enough through the events of Jesus' life. And, and if you just think about even the last week, if, if you think about the scriptural story, the gospel accounts from Palm Sunday to uh, the, just day after day, as you read um, the gospel accounts of Jesus' journey towards the cross, it's so important that we slow down enough, especially as we come around to Good Friday, so we don't rush by Jesus' death and get to his resurrection. I mean, we want to celebrate his resurrection, but we don't want to rush to get there, especially this evening. There was an author by the name of Malcolm Muggridge, and he said that Jesus' death was the most famous death in all of history. That it seemed interesting for him to say that because when it happened, when Jesus actually died 2,000 years ago, only maybe several hundred people might have caught wind of it at first, maybe a few thousand within days. And it was a small region of people that would have known that Jesus of Nazareth, who he was and what he was about and that he actually died. Well, within 10 years, uh, his name started to become much more known and his death started to become much more known. In 100 years, it became more popular and more understood. In 1,000 years and 2,000 years later, Malcolm Mundrup said, there's no corner so remote that you cannot find a cross in some part of the world. It's incredible. Galatians 6.14, Paul says these words, may I never boast in anything but the cross of Jesus. May I never boast in anything but the cross of Jesus. That's a really astonishing statement if you think about the fact that we're talking about death, right? Malcolm Ingram said that, he said, really, death should be depressing. Jesus' death should be depressing as death usually is, and yet that's what Paul brags about. Paul says, may I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ, my Lord. Let me ask you a question as we just pause just to kind of reflect on just this short theme tonight. What do you boast about? What, what do you find yourself bragging about? Um, what do you find yourself talking about most? Is it your job? Is it your family? Is it your kids? Is it um, maybe some achievement that you recently, uh, you know, kind of had? Is it wealth? Is it intellect? I was thinking about some of the kids in our gathering tonight. Maybe they're thinking about, like, who ran faster in gym class? You know, who got, like, the, there's the gold and silver and bronze. You know, I, I remember those. I never got gold in gym class. But, um, you know, and maybe it's, like, who knows, like, all the Star Wars characters or not. Maybe that's what, like, you know, kids are boasting about. And uh, who scored at recess? And, and depending, like, how old you are, obviously, it, you know, when you're in high school, maybe it's about, like, who has the next cool vans or Converse running shoes or something like that. Or I think it's NMDs, Adidas. I'm like out of the, all the you know, names and everything. But for Paul, it was the cross. Paul says, may I never boast except in the cross of my Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, and Paul had a lot to be proud about. I mean, Paul was known as a very smart guy. He could have been proud of his intellect and boasted about it. He was known to be educated. It could have been his status. He was, you know, as soon as they found out he was a Roman citizen, they actually stopped you know, stopped uh, um, attacking him at one point. His status was high in that region of the world. He was part of a group of people or that citizenship. He could have bragged about it. He could have boasted about his religion because in that moment he came from, you know, just a long line of his, of his Jewish faith. 
He could have boasted about all those things, but he didn't boast about that. In chapter 6, verse 12, just a couple of lines before, he says to these, these people he's writing to, he says, to those who want to impress people by means of the flesh. To those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. These were Jewish people who were trying to convince these non-Jewish people who came to faith to almost become Jewish. And one of the ways to do that was to be circumcised. It was the symbol of Jewish religion. You're in, you belong, you're accepted, you're part of the family. We can welcome you in. And Paul says there's people who want to impress, there's those who want to impress people by means of the flesh. Think about that. I don't know about, do you have symbols? Symbols that you use to impress people? Is there signs that you use to impress people? Is it an achievement or an accomplishment? Is it, an, is it affluence? Is it who you find affinity with that you use as a symbol to impress people? What we boast about, I know this is for me, I think, what we boast about is usually what defines us. Tim Keller said what we daydream about is usually what we worship. What, do you, what, do we, what were you daydreaming about today? <laughs> when you just kind of dozed off for a bit or were on a bus or in a car? What did you, well, I hope you didn't fall asleep in the car. But what do you daydream about? What comes to mind? What is it? Is it how much money's in the bank? Is it, what you, is it one of your favorite activities? Is it something? What, what is it? I, I like that, that kind of thinking of... What's going on in our mind? But something happened on Good Friday for the Apostle Paul that shifted, it shifted what he boasted about. It shifted what he bragged about. It shifted what impressed him. It shifted for him. And I just want to share two thoughts about why, why would Paul boast in the cross? Why would we boast in the cross? And these two words that come to mind... The idea how the cross saves us and the idea how the cross frees us. And the first reason I think Paul boasts in the cross and why we, should, we can boast in the cross is this, is the cross accomplished something that we could never have accomplished. At the cross, something was accomplished that we could never have accomplished on our own. On our own. At the cross, Jesus took the sin of the world upon him. Your sin, my sin, our sin, the collective sin of humanity, sins plural and sin singular, what resides in the human heart. And he, Jesus took the sin of the world upon him at the cross. Isaiah 53 says, prophesies about this moment, for he bore the sin of many. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Imagine that. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Paul said to another group of people, while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, broken, far from God, Jesus Christ died for us. And when I think about all that, I think this is why on the cross, Jesus could look out to all his accusers, to all those who brought charges against him, to those who put him on the cross, to those who nailed, put the nails through his hands, to those who mocked him and flogged him, that he could, he could be on that cross and say, Father, forgive them. He could say, Father, forgive them. He was reflecting the heart of God in that moment. And this cross forced Paul into a corner because I think Paul ended up having to make a decision and he could never, he realized I could never deal with the sin in my heart. And I could never deal with the sin of this world around me. And when he, rec- when he saw the cross, he was put in, almost put in a corner. What am I going to do? And it shifted what Paul began 
to boast about because the human desire for forgiveness and for meaning and for freedom and joy and transformation was fulfilled in the cross and all the demonic oppression and objection towards us knowing God was broken at the cross. I wrote this phrase, and it's something that I hope we can remember. God showed the world exactly what we needed on the cross. God showed the world exactly what we needed on the cross, what you needed on the cross, what I needed on the cross, what every person we lock eyes with needed. God showed the world exactly what we needed on the cross. God did on the cross what we could never have accomplished on our own. His son bore our sin. He saved us from sin, but he did something else. Not only did, 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 did Jesus on the cross provide a way to God, he did something else. He provided a way for life, a way to live. He doesn't just save us on the cross, he frees us on the cross. Here's the second reason why I believe Paul boasted about the cross and why we can boast of the cross, because the cross surprises us with a new way of living. The cross surprises us with a new way of living. Imagine the scene, Right? Here's Jesus, and they tell us, are you really this king? Are you really this Messiah? And now they start to mock him, and they start to flog him, and they start to spit on him. And what do they make for him? They make him a crown of thorns. You want to be a king? You think you're a king? You think these people need you as a king? Well, we'll put a crown on your head. We'll put a crown of thorns on your head. We're not going to put a crown of gold. We're not going to put a crown that makes you look like a real king. We're going to mock your kingship. And they put a crown of thorns on his head. They, the soldiers put, in a mocking way, put a robe, a purple robe over him. Go, walk with your robe, Jesus. Pretend you're a king. Then, in three languages, not just one, Pilate decides, you know what? If, if, you, th- if, they, if you guys really want this king, if you think you're a king, we're going to put this title king of the Jews right on a plaque for everyone to see it was mockery saying you, it was mockery looking at Jesus you're not a real king and Rome did this to mock Jesus to prove that he was a nobody and in that moment Rome won in that moment Rome won Jesus lost but they didn't realize that Jesus' actual suffering was the win. That Jesus' actual death was the win. It was flipped. And it's like God screamed at the cross, I will accomplish through my weakness what you could never accomplish in your strength. I will accomplish in this moment of weakness what no one can accomplish in their strength. And Jesus dies and gives us a new way to live You know, so often all we tell people is the cross is the way to life. But it's not just the way to life. It's the way of life. It's the way of life. It's the way of forgiveness and the way of peace and the way of vulnerability and the way of humility and the way of true strength. And so the cross doesn't only save us, it actually frees us to live. So tonight, this is what we're doing. We're boasting in the cross. That's why we call it Good Friday. That's why we don't call it Sad Friday. Because we boast in the cross. We actually dwell and remember and reflect. And in a strange paradoxical way, we actually celebrate the death of Jesus on a cross. We can boast about it. Tonight's part, part one. Sunday's part two. But we're not going to get to part two. We're just going to sleep 
on part one. Is that okay? We're going to sleep on part one of the cross. Sleep on part one of why Paul boasts in the cross. We're going to dwell in it and sit with it. And so we can say with Paul tonight, we can say with Paul, I'm going to ask the musicians to come up as we move forward in this next couple of moments. We can say with Paul, because he says later, he says, the world is crucified to me and I am crucified to the world. He, he dies, I love this, Paul dies in the sense to all the things that would normally have impressed him or he would have used to impress others. Paul dies to his sin. Paul dies to what the world demands of him. Paul dies to the things that he uses to impress the world. He says, the world is crucified to me and I am to the, I am to the world. I no longer need to boast about anything else. And so he no longer lives to impress anybody. I love that because the cross, the cross saved him from that. The cross freed him from that. So tonight, take that mic if you want. Tonight, a just simple question as we approach the table together. We're going to take communion together after singing a hymn. Who wants to be saved from sin and freed from a life of trying to impress people? Saved from sin and freed from a life of trying to impress people. And tonight, even in this moment, as we worship with the words of this hymn and as we approach the elements of bread and wine, we can let those things die tonight. We can let those things die this evening. Maybe for some of you it's a reminder. And, and you've been following Christ and you say, yes, I have experienced the saving grace of Jesus, but, you're, but you haven't allowed Jesus to free you to live the life that he's called you to live. And tonight we can actually remind ourselves of what we already let die or maybe even in moments realize what have we not let die at the cross? What have we not let the cross cut the roots in our lives that are holding us back, the roots of our sin or the roots of anxiety and fear and greed and violence and control? This is what governs our society when you look at our society, when you look at our politics, when you look at just the system that kind of rules the way the world works, we're just so rooted in fear and anxiety and greed and violence. And we can let those things die and not be governed by that. God had in mind that he would create a community of people that would show the world we don't have to live like that. We don't have to be bound by that. We can let those things die at the cross. God, we thank you, thank you. We stand here in gratitude because of your great sacrifice for us. Oh God, what seemed like weakness and vulnerability and risk and sacrifice, what seemed foolishness to the world, accomplished more than anything we could have done in our own strength. Oh God, even when others mocked your son and flogged your son and put him on a cross. Oh God, even when they, they mocked his kingship. God, it made him out to be a nobody in that day. When it seemed like they won and he lost. God, we're so grateful that in that suffering, you actually won. That in that suffering, you actually defeated sin and death. That in that suffering, 
was the day a revolution began to free the hearts of humanity from sin and brokenness and fear and anxiety and greed and violence. That in that moment you would reconcile us to you. Oh God, with the power of that overflowing to reconcile us to one another. God, may we be people and a community that shows the world another way because we have been saved by your way, not ours. May we be a people and community that shows the world another way because you have shown us in the cross the way to move forward and to live. God, you have saved us and you have freed us. Oh God, we thank you. We stand in gratitude and awe and we worship you. Our Lamb of God. Oh, Lamb of God. We're so grateful.